0: All right, that'll do. Ish. Fine. Perfect. Okay, are we ready to properly start now? Or, or,
1: or, or was that it? Did we actually start? That, that was it. That was the intro. That was the start. We
2: that that was the, the intro, track. yeah. I, we, we can do a chingles, since so we will totally edit that out. <laughs>
0: Totally. I may need a larger head. I don't know. I think my caption guy, if he was still around, would probably say my head's big enough. But, you know. So, I guess, welcome to the second episode of this thing. And Sam lurking in the background.
2: Yeah, and um I mean my cats are uh, somewhere, but we we have pictures, you know, so that that you can see cats on
1: it. Yeah, you can't always persuade them to sit nicely in the same place. They'll do it happily for an hours and hours at a time. And
0: then when you actually want them to do it, they won't. not because cats.
2: So, uh, welcome everyone to the podcast. Let's start us off with, uh, I guess. First, we're going to talk about uh, the next patch, right? Ten point five. Yeah, and I mean, there is just... there is a lot happening, sorta. Guess there's been some there's been some stuff. I, I've been on TPS uh, the TPS
1: what PTS the PTS patch test server a little bit as well. Um, yeah. So we can we can talk about the news that we do know. Uh, What do we want to start with? Balance changes, or maybe the convoy thing, or friendly fire?
2: I mean, we can just start with balance changes. Those are rather the short, I guess, right? The, the, what, they they buffing the hue... No, wait. They're nerfing uh, they're the nerf hue by one second. Yeah. They're buffing which the is... range on the flint.
1: Yes, which is now going to be 12.4, so it's still not quite as good as... The uh, the the Atlanta, but it's kind of getting there. So I don't know. They're buffing it back up by stages.
2: It it feels so very weird because it's not like the the, the original 13.3 range has never been untested. You know, they are not no. like in uncharted territory. They basically have, and it's not like I didn't feel like the Flint was overpowered in the last years. So, I mean, maybe when it was released, but not recently. They just nerfed it and now they are unwilling to admit that it was too much, I feel like, so they can in so
0: small steps back up. Notice what Sam's doing in the background. Actually pushing things off the table, as
1: cats do. Uh, yeah, I mean, you might be right. It is weird that it just didn't get that same base range buff. Like, everyone's scratching their heads over that one. Why... Why was like was Flint dr- drastically overperforming before? They haven't said anything to that effect, so it's a bit mysterious.
2: And like the, the, the small increases, right? They not uh, even like one kilometer more. Like what was the first? Mm. It was from eleven point one to like eleven point nine or so. And now it's to twelve point four. Yeah, so it's like just give it a range back, right? I mean, seriously, <laughs> that one's a bit inexplicable. <laughs> Hugo
1: obviously overperforming a little bit. The fact that they've changed it, you know, the well, setting up to be changed, the patch after it's come out. I, um, I mean, obviously I that's when they, they are most, you know, monitoring ships, but still, it is a little unusual.
2: Yeah, I mean, have you played the Hugo much? I, I've barely a played little. it.
1: Yeah, uh, it's okay. I actually did a video on it not that long ago. Uh, it's a pretty solid ship. Um, yeah, it's interesting that they nerfed the, just the base reload time rather than the, um, the, the reload consumable. I would have thought if they were going to nerf anything, they might nerf that a bit, but,
2: yeah. I guess they just wanted to to change the the playstyle of the ship as little as possible because a one second reload is not something that you really know. You might notice it at the end of the scoreboard on average mm-hmm. that you just do a little bit less. But while playing the ship a one second reload from like from twenty eight to twenty nine, you aren't going to notice that yeah. too much. I think.
1: it's still it's still a sub thirty second reload, so I don't think it's gonna make a huge difference. And it's certainly doing a lot better than the a lot of the other uh oh, you compare that to California.
0: Still has a 34-second <laughs> reload. Uh, I can't oh, remember what Pultata's out, but I think that's 30 seconds. I don't know. I can't then, even remember what Florida has, but, yeah. Anyway.
2: Florida was the one that's, that's a bit squishy, snipey, right? Yeah, but it's also a lot faster. I've actually got the client open, or I should have the client open. Let me actually check that real quick. Or it can say not
1: responding. Excellent. That's what we need. <laughs> Uh, the other uh, ship change we know about is the Christopher Colombo is getting a slight buff, and uh, it's losing a second of its reload, it's going from 38 to 37 seconds. It's going to make a big difference. And the Torrent Traverse is getting a little bit faster as well, Well, it's, it's getting almost two seconds knocked off it.
2: I mean, I don't, like, I mean, the, the Christopher Colombo is certainly, like, can use a buff. I have no problem with that. The thing is that the turtleverse seems weird to me because why? I mean, it's not like unwelcome, but it's not like it's really that much of a broader, so it doesn't really need the fastest turtleverse yeah. anyway. And 40 seconds was pretty reasonable already. I don't think this is going to make any realistic change. The reload, one yeah. second, I mean, one second isn't that
0: much, but it's gonna help. yeah i it'll yeah you know, it's I I'm gonna say overall I prefer this this
1: policy now they've had for a little while of like smaller changes rather than whacking things with great big nerf bats or buff bats every so often, which can lead to some pretty huge changes in how ships actually feel to play
2: i mean Maybe if they cool. if they keep like doing that and do like either, every every pension like a they can also less i mean they'll get there eventually, i suppose it's a bit better
0: if I.
1: Like, Put my chair all the way down. Feels
0: a bit weird, but it might look a bit. There we go. Also, we can can see Sam now. Yes, he's cleaning himself Uh... because he's on camera. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, So so... this is, is.
2: I think about the ships mostly now
0: yeah i think that's the only announced changes
1: so far there might be more stuff that comes later in the patch notes um we also know about some upcoming ships tier 10 european destroyer called ragnar which is going to be added for testing and repulse which is going to be a uh, battle cruiser a proper british battle cruiser i mean we already kind of have battle cruisers in the game in some form, but yeah, uh, that plus the fact that the Tiger Fifty Nine is called the Tiger Fifty Nine, heavily suggests that there is a British battle cruiser line coming at some point because there was a battle cruiser called HMS Tiger. So w- why think, would you make the distinction?
0: If, do you think gonna be... if they
2: make a battle cruiser line, they're going to throw it into battleships or cruisers, or are they actually ever going to make like a different class like battle cruisers?
1: I suspect it'll still just be battleships. No, it'll still just be... It's not going to be a separate class, I don't think. If they were going to do that, they'd have done that for super cruisers, surely, but they kind of... I don't know. I mean, they still... could
2: move things around. Well, the premiums, they could move. For lines would be a bit more difficult, but if they yeah. invented a new class, they would switch it around. But, yeah, I guess the next new
0: class are going to be subs. It will it's
2: probably also... also screw up their matchmaker.
0: Yeah, true. Uh,
1: I think that's that's something I mean, this was definitely true for World of Tanks. It's been true for Lester with all of Warships as well. They're usually very hesitant to make changes to the to the matchmaker. Um we've seen that even with their
0: reluctance to uh just outright prevent um, a double tier four C V games, or just double C V games generally. And um it it's it's
1: basically all down to what that would do to the matchmaker and they you know it's super not popular it would be an easy <laughs> win just to say okay no more double cvs but clearly it would be enough of an issue with the matchmaker that that they they can't actually do it so yeah
2: i mean they also probably like more Maybe it's too much queue time for us. There are quite a few low tier seal clubba CVs, I suppose. If they yeah, only like put one in a game, good. maybe they they need to queue too long. You can't do that to CVs, right?
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I I don't know. That's like, that's a whole, yeah, that could be a whole discussion on itself as
1: <laughs>
0: <is> tier <laughs> 4 John, CVs is. versus tier 4 AA. Maybe we should do that at some point.
2: The, the AA top. episode. Just renting
0: yeah. for one and a half hours. <laughs> but for some reason, World of Warship suddenly
1: doesn't want to start for me, and I don't know why. It's very odd.
0: Which is useful to have it running just so I can look up stuff. But anyway, it, it, knows, it
1: knows that I'm doing a thing where I need it, so therefore now it won't work.
0: It's like it kept, uh, I guess. Yeah. Um, right, what else? Uh, Other things also... in yeah, we have uh, friendly fire, for example, to discuss. Yeah, um, that's
1: one of the other big changes. And bear in mind, this is all you know announced stuff. So some of this might change before the patch actually hits. But um, just to read out the exact wording, so I'm not you know misparaphrasing or anything. Uh, In update 10.5, we're turning off the damage on allied ships. The change will have a positive effect on gameplay. Now your allies will not be able to damage or destroy your ship. You can no longer damage, incapacitate modules of, or cause detonation or destruction to allied ships. It's also impossible to damage allies by ramming, which was already pretty low damage, but that's now kind of, you know, gone completely. Uh, Or will be gone completely. Uh, At the same time, all types of main armament will still hit allied ships. For for example, you cannot launch torpedoes at an enemy through allied ships. So, that makes sense. Penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct is now given for a certain number of hits on allied ships with any type of armament except secondaries. You can now be issued a warning for unsportsmanlike behavior only if you hit allied ships with torpedoes and main battery shells 15 times or more. If after a warning, a player continues to violate the rules, they will receive a ban on participation in all types of battles except co-op, clan and training. So basically, uh, you'll have to kind of serve out your sentence playing co-op battles until the penalty goes away. Uh, The player will not receive credits or XP for battles in which they received a warning for damage to allies. If the player does not violate the rules in future battles, resources will stop being discarded. So you have to at least have triggered the warning state by hitting allies at least fifteen times, I suppose. But still, the fact that you're not doing any actual damage to them, but you would still like well, that, seems like a quite a harsh penalty. And then on top of that, if a ship receives, uh, uh, if the damage a ship receives in response to allied damage will increase with each hit on an uh, allied ship so uh the team damage kind of punishment system was still in place you will still be able to damage your own ship by shooting at allied ships even though it's not doing damage anymore and that one's a real head scratcher um there's also two notes at the end of ship hit by an ally does not trigger camera effects that inform about it received damage and removed the uh effect that allied torpedoes they can no longer deal damage which seems a bit superfluous considering they basically said that above so, yeah, it's a bit, it feels like a bit of a weird half measure to me, especially I mean, with the, some of the penalties still being in place.
2: It's worse than a half mesh. I mean, they. it's like, apparently it's often good play to not stop, like, you, you're going to check your fire before you shoot. And I mean, there, there is a bit of skill, I guess, involved in this, but generally speaking, you're just... When you torpedo, for example, you're going to check if an ally is in its way, and then you've got to consider if you're posing a risk an ally and not fire torpedoes. If that's no longer the case, there is no reason to hold back, right? If you have a chance to hit an enemy, you're going to torpedo because you can't damage an ally. That would actually be good play, right? You see a brawl, and you could potentially save your own battleship if you're torpedoed into and maybe half of the torps hit your own battleship, but who cares, right? They no longer do damage with the new system. But you're getting punished for it, Right. Right now, you don't do it because it's good play. You could hit an ally, so you don't torpedo. Afterwards, good play would be to shoot torpedoes because you can't hit an ally. There is only a game for your team, and you get punished for it. So they go so far as to potentially punish you for playing well, because they're changing the system, which means playing well means no longer caring about hitting allies, and now they're going to actively punish you for doing the right thing. So it might be in a yeah, situation like... where I have to decide, okay, I can't give up my credits and get punishment, but at least you're going to win the battle for it. Like, you can actually sacrifice your own credits to... I right, think it's yeah. so silly. It's, uh... I mean, the fact that there's the cap of 15 means that I
1: suppose you could keep count. Especially it would be easier with torpedoes. But yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. I haven't really considered it that way, that yeah, suddenly... There are situations where actually now you can just safely torpedo from behind allies or whatever and because you know you're not going to do team damage anymore, and it does give you the chance to do damage that you wouldn't have been able to do previously, but you're still going to get penalties for that so yeah that's you're right that is actually I haven't even fully considered that one through that that's that's a bit of an odd one You'll I mean have you did need- it like you in need, the Discord and, I hope, yeah, you, you need like
2: stuff. 15 hits, so that's quite a bit with torpedoes, but still, during a whole battle, especially if you're, if you're like, for example, a Yoshino torpedoing from the bank would be the right thing to do, because, you know, if you're 20 kilometer torpedoes, you can just constantly throw, well, I mean, you have a long reload, but why not throw them out? You don't threaten your team anymore, right? So, uh, it's only positive things can happen. But if they eat too many, yeah, well, bad for you, I guess. It's... Somebody said, could, could ramming become a trolling issue? I don't think any more than that. Like, ramming doesn't do that much damage. So if yeah, you, like, at sit at in only... somebody's way right now, you could already do that. Uh I think it says specifically that
1: ramming doesn't do damage anymore.
2: Yeah, sure, but it, it, it doesn't trigger the unsportsmanlike conduct thing, but you could, like, block a ship, right? You could just sit well, in front that's of true. them. I mean... And...
0: You could kind of do that already, to be fair. Like, you yeah, exactly. This... You can yeah. do that already, basically, Sir, so. Is the 15 only for the game, I think so. Yeah, it'll be, I imagine it'll be 15 within any given match.
1: <laughs> At least that's what the, the wording seems to suggest.
2: I'll keep in mind, this is all just intense, so they might Why snap and not do it like this? But right now, they're basically uh, having it worded in a way that doing the right thing is potentially going to punish. Jeez, you know.
0: (laughs) Maybe they should think that one through. I wish my camera would
1: make
2: its mind up how bright it wants to be. I don't think there's any way I can set the settings, sadly. It's probably like an autofocus, and it depends on the background light. So whenever it captures your... You did Chelsea whenever it captures your name.
0: Uh, So, yeah, the last things to talk about also kind of relate to the PTS. Uh, Cap, what are you doing? Um, Yeah, there's the new Grand Battle mode. And. (laughs) I don't know if you can hear.
1: That has been tested. With, okay, he's obviously not meowing that loudly. Um, that's being tested with two super battleships, as they're being called, the Satsuma and uh, what is supposed to be H-42, but I don't know if it's that... I, I don't know enough to know if it's, like, that accurate towards H-42. But anyway, basically bigger battleships with uh big guns. And they both have um, a special kind of... I don't know what you would call it, kind of like an automatic ability? A mechanic. Yeah. Um, and this is all in a special game mode, a 9v9 game mode, where it's, it's tier 9s and 10s only, and uh, you basically have to earn, at least on the PTS, you have to earn sufficient tokens to take out these super battleships. I think it's like a limit of 3 per team. So for Satsuma... <laughs> After you have clocked up a certain number of hits to so basically fill up a little meter, uh, it gives you, it automatically triggers as well. You don't have any, uh, uh, control over it. It, it, it gives you greatly increased so like minus 35% dispersion. So like basically mm-hmm. quite a, a big buff to see. And then with the H42, it is, uh, a buff to secondary accuracy, I believe. I've only tried the Satsuma. I only played it a little bit.
0: Um, I think it's secondary accuracy and range. Oh, and range, okay. To be honest, the whole thing feels basically kind of like the Halloween
1: modes, like it's just a test bed for these new mechanics. As a mode on its own, it doesn't really, like, it's still just random battles. It's still 9v9s, nothing special different about it, apart from these two ships with this new mechanic. So it does feel, 100% hundred feel like just it's a, a, a test bed for these. And what will happen mm-hmm. with the actual ships themselves, like whether they'll only ever remain in this mode or whether we'll get them as research bureau ships or something at some point, I don't know. It's it's kind of unclear. We've only I mean, got speculation to go on, but, yeah.
2: It makes no sense to introduce them as, like, on tier like they are not really uh, currently. They are not really balanced in that sense. They're supposed to be like I don't know a tier eleven ship, sort-ish, It feels like. I know, Yeah. So ten point five maybe. Yeah, it's it would be weird if they just add them regularly to the game, but I don't know. I mean, no, oh, it could be that they wanna test the ships. It could be that they wanna test the mechanic with the lock on. I mean, that that's wasn't that like an idea they had and the community didn't like it, so they just moved it into a special mode, maybe to prove the point. I don't know. It's like the, the Satsuma, it's, it's kind of dead eye on steroids. So after we've established that eye was a bad idea, they've decided, hey, what if it's a special mechanic? Yeah. I At first, I kind
1: of misunderstood and thought it would be uh, something that would actually kind of make sense in historical context in that shooting at the same ship over and over would actually boost your accuracy against that ship over successive salvos.
0: Yeah, but Which, you know
1: that, that's how naval gunnery worked in real life. You would you would keep firing and and refining your solution. Um, yeah, but it's but just no, a very bad damage mean. No, you, uh, yeah, at the moment you just shoot at whatever, and it it fills up as you go, and then once it fills up, it triggers, and you get like half a minute of better accuracy, and and that's it. So it's it's very. Very uninvolved at the moment, maybe h forty two the 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 Hanover
0: Feels like it 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 has maybe a bit more uh, interactivity in that sense,
1: but even then it's your secondary guns in that case, so that's they're just kind of doing their thing for a bit i mean it's not like you have direct control over them, so I don't know i'm I'm kind of a bit lukewarm on the whole idea to be honest.
2: I mean, I've always been a very big fan of brawling battleships and of pushing and so on. So if you make, like, a b- bigger battleship that's more focused on just pushing in, I kind of like the idea. Obviously, it's not necessarily balanced, but uh, I always... F- the, the One of the biggest issues that a lot of the brawlers have is that they don't have the survivability to get close enough mm. to make much use of the secondaries because there's so much long-range damage. Now, if you have less ships over round and... Uh, more secondary range and more hit points and so on. So the, the Hanover will probably be an amazing brawler. And you have the addition of the special finger trigger for secondaries. But obviously, it's not going to be so much fun if you're not in the soup. That's always the problem if you have asymmetric things, right? Everybody wants to be the, the big ship. Everyone mm. wants we'll to be a small ship. So the question oh, this- is, that's something that uh, I saw on like, Flumber streaming that he has pointed out, that people just have to play games to get like the, the intelligence data so they just yolo in and die to so get mm-hmm. the tokens so that they can play the big ships i mean that's especially going to be true on pts because nobody takes pts seriously but i was that's
1: actually reminded me of um years ago in world of tanks they actually tried to do an asymmetric kind of uh battle mode um was it historical battles or was it something else? i think it was something else it wasn't historical battles that was no it was historical battles there was also national battles where it was uh teams facing each other of only, you know, one tech tree versus another tech tree. That was a whole other thing. But, yeah, historical battles, they basically tried to do this asymmetric thing, and you'd have, uh, in theory, a bunch of people playing T-34 medium tanks versus a couple of players in Tiger ones and, you know, a couple of Panzer Falls and whatever. And, of course, everybody wanted to play the big, you know, chunky Tiger ones, and so the queue times were basically horrendous. People gave up playing and the whole thing just kind of collapsed and was basically sort of uh, abandoned by wargaming as a bit of a failed experiment. So, uh yeah, it's kind of got that same, yeah, that same feeling to it of everyone's going to want to play the big shiny chips with the the new gimmick and not necessarily play properly with the rest of the ship's that was actually required to get the tokens for that gimmick. So, yeah. I don't know. I have a feeling like this isn't going to be a long-term thing. I have a feeling like this is going to be something that's around for maybe a patch or two patches. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, just, just, just a
2: special game mode. Or we'll see how... well. I mean, sometimes, even if it's not the best mode, it can be just a distraction from random battles and something different to play. We'll just have to see how fun it is to play again. And, How, how much influence the big ships will have? How much stronger they are? Because if it's like your super battleships are just bad players and you automatically lose, it would be a bit of... Hmm. But then again, even if they're super battleships, I guess if they show broadside, they're still gonna get wrecked by regular ships. Or eat, or the torps. Well, the, the interesting part is Tom, like for secondaries, they have, like the, the... Satsuma so has the main gun battery buff, right? The Hanover has the secondary battery buff, uh, but it's still triggered by your main guns, interestingly enough. If I remember this
1: Yeah, country. I guess I figured if, it would be a bit mean of them, actually, if they made it so you had to get a certain number of secondary hits, you get people yallowing <laughs> in.
0: Yeah. You um, the whole, know,
2: the whole thing made me think, right? We have so many consumables in World of Warships, but we don't actually have anything for secondaries, right? I mean, not right now this is just a mechanic that's triggered by your main guns, but you could easily, like, think about introducing a secondary consumable. Maybe just if you want to have a second secondary, because most, mostly we have just the Germans for secondaries, and nothing else is truly viable, except for a few outliners. So if they ever make, like, another shipline with secondaries, they could, like, I guess, introduce a consumable or something? Yeah, I mean, I... Honestly, I'm sure it's been
1: considered in the past and probably suggested a bunch in the past, but, yeah, you could easily see them adding a thing where, you know, you you press a button and your secondaries fire faster and um, and more accurately for a a short period and then you get a cool
0: down. Which, you know, if if you've got a destroyer that's popped up next to you, for example, would be a perfect time to use that sort of thing. Anything else we want to talk about with those, or should we there 's only a couple more things to do with ten point five I think,
2: yeah, uh, well, those will ten point five the what date the, the conways there well i 'm not sure if there's ten point five but they did announce Convoy,
1: yeah, this has been uh the recent blog post uh which actually says, we tested several variations of this mode in 2019, which I suspect, and neither of us can remember this happening, and I've had a look on YouTube and I can't find any videos, so I suspect this must have been super test only. Um, and this is, it also mentions it being an asymmetric mode where one team escorts convoy of transports so and the team attacks, which sounds awfully like the Aegis operation, except it being player versus player. So we'll see what that's like when, if and when that pops up. But it just says there'll be a test in the near future. So
0: who knows when. Might be the next PTS round once we've gotten 10.5 actually live. Uh, So that
1: one's a bit of a question mark. We don't really know much about that right now.
0: It could
2: be Um, fun, uh, especially (laughs) like since they haven't done anything with new modes in a long time. So... It could also be interesting if it uh, if it comes to submarines. That that's something where submarines would make a lot more sense than in like random battles. I think. That, I mean, I made I made this point in I did uh,
1: not the last test of subs, but I can't remember. At some point last year, when subs were being tested, I made a video, and I was I we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit talking about subs. Yes. But I was basically just say that that that, that felt like to me it would be the perfect format for submarines following on from the the Halloween test we had, um, rather than just throwing them into randoms. But yeah, we'll save that, because that's kind of like our main discussion. So we'll get more into that in a bit. Um, There's still one or two other things, uh, most significantly for uh, Destroyer players. They're testing out on PTS uh, a a change to uh, specifically rocket planes, and basically, they will now fire, they'll do like a, a, visually, a machine gun strafe. And you might have seen, um, mm. I don't know if you can, I think there's like a clip on Reddit somewhere, Someone someone's done, I'm sure there's a video someone's done where it compares all the different carriers, what they look like now. But it, it essentially just adds more time in the run-up to a rocket attack, so they haven't changed the actual, like, damage or reticle size or anything like that. I think it's just now you have more time to react as a destroyer player. But the downside is, I think, the at least in PTS, the planes themselves, while they're doing this little strafing animation, have an invulnerability state. So the downside is, potentially, you know, a carrier player could just keep doing that over your destroyer, and you can't do anything with your AA guns because, uh, you know, they're invulnerable, so you're going to be spotted for even longer, potentially. So that, that sounds like a mixed bag, to be honest. I haven't tried that on PTS myself, but that definitely sounds like a mixed bag.
2: I mean, I have, it's something that you'd have to experience, and I haven't like also haven't experienced it on PTS. If it actually helps you dodge, that would be nice, but I'm always a little bit uh, sceptical because, you know... So far, Wargaming hasn't really been willing to do much, uh, to help destroyers or something, no. and they haven't touched it in a long time. And when the last, uh, times they proposed changes, there were indirect carrier buffs, like with the, the spotting they wanted to change and with the, the anti-air stuff and so on. It's like, We'll see how it goes. If it helps destroyers, I'm uh, happy about it. I still don't understand why they ch- can't just have the minimap spotting that has been proposed so often and they're walking and mm-hmm. say, oh, we tried it, and people just like didn't understand the code. It's the same as in a cyclone. The mechanic already exists. If you, if Borgan really thinks that people can't deal with the fact that stuff is spotted on the minimap but not the map, then I mean they already have it in a game in cyclones. Why have cyclones then?
0: I <laughs> guess we'll see. We'll see what that's like. Might have to play, oh, play yeah. some carriers after the patch comes out. They oh, oh, play
2: Destroyers. I've seen from the other side. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think the only other thing, I think the very last thing, apart from some stuff like, hey, here's some new camos, is uh, the Dutch tech tree is going to become, like, you know, the, the preview tree that, that we've had. Mm-hmm with when other new nations have been added or new branches. So uh they won't be out next patch, but presumably next patch is when they'll start doing the the events where, hey, buy containers and do some missions, but buy containers and also buy some more containers, then you'll get preview access to the Dutch cruisers, Uh which I don't... Well, I don't know if we, if we know of any major changes yet. We certainly haven't been told and I don't know if we'll be able to discuss them if we have been told, but yeah, um, it looks like they are on track to put them in the preview state on the next, the next patch, but we'll see. They might not. Uh, one thing to add to that though is that the Friesland is going to be moved to the Dutch tree. So mm-hmm. that's not going to be in the EU tree any longer.
2: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that once they are finished with the German destroyers they, uh, they immediately go to the dungeon without any gap in between.
0: Hmm.
2: i do to keep that loot box train rolling. Exactly. I mean, can you imagine a one-patch cycle where you couldn't buy a loot box? I mean, the world would come to an end, surely.
0: I think that's it for that. Um... Yeah, we've kind of covered both the patch
1: news that we know and the PTS. Uh, so I think we wanted submarines to be our main topic, and then we're going to follow up by talking about the Tiger and uh, I can say ESA now, right? We're after the... Yeah, yeah I can yeah, say it's the are... ESA. Yeah, ESA. Yeah, NDAs. This is why we started a bit later, so we could actually straddle the ESA NDA listing. So, um, yeah, submarines, I guess, is what we're talking about now.
0: Yeah,
2: it's, uh, I, st- the thing, what baffled me, the m- I mean, that's, it's maybe just how I tend to, to look at things. What has baffled me the most ever about submarines is that I have never really heard a statement on what's, what's their point or what, what's their role, right? I personally am a person who would look at this. If I introduce something new to the game, the first thing i going to figure out, it was role, should I? Think. But Wargaming's attempt seems to be, or at least I can tell, you, is we just designed this class and it will find a,
0: like somehow, I honestly think that it's just content for the sake of content. Given that
1: they spent ages and ages saying, "Oh, there'll never be submarines." It was that famous statement from Sub Octavian saying, "There will never be submarines in one of Warships?" Um, yeah, I, I kind of think it's just they're they're looking ahead and thinking, right? How do we how do we keep adding? new things to the game for as long as possible. And we can look at all the tanks and see that their strategy has mostly been just dribble out new premium tanks on a regular basis of increasingly dubious and sketchy origins. And there's been a couple of new lines in the last couple of years, but compared to, um, say, 2014, 2015, when we had lines coming out on a regular basis, it's, it's really slowed down an awful lot. So... I think I think submarines is an eye to the future and just a way of keeping on adding some additional content into the game and selling new premiums, of course. You know, there's always that aspect as well.
2: Yeah, set, set yourself up for a new pool of ships that you can add. And I guess and in, in in many ways there were people who asked for submarines. So, I, I mean, I've seen this on past events where people just asked, why not submarines? Why aren't the submarines in the game? I mean, it has become a bit of a meme, but uh hmm. there are general people I think looking forward to it but it's just i still not sh- like what what do you want to do with a submarine right? do you want to go like spot into a camp? do you just want to go around flank and shoot someone it uh, it's, do you just spend like fifteen minutes going for the camp in the carrier because you might be the only class in an carrier can't like it's it's weird because unlike there's, there's no. Like, historically, you
1: know, submarines taking part in fleet battles wasn't really much of a thing. I think there were experiments with that as a doctrine, but, uh, uh, yeah, mostly submarines were used in very different roles that just kind of don't fit within World of Warships. So there isn't really any way to have them in World of Warships that just um, kind of doesn't how do I want to say it? It, it doesn't bend reality. That doesn't take extreme liberties with the actual historical nature of of, world, uh, of submarines in this in this period. And so, like, gameplay-wise, that ends up... Well, I mean, I don't know how frequently or how much you, you played the, uh, the various submarine tests, but, yeah, they went through some... Um, Quite extreme variations in terms of their effectiveness. And it's really hard to like we haven't seen much or heard much about them recently, but it's kind of hard to imagine that they've somehow in the meantime kind of cooked up some perfect medium uh. I mean they they've of, went of to the, the
2: battery that no longer recharged, right? What well, they announced that they they want that that you have just, I don't know, 10 minutes per battle where you can be like underwater, and then you just have to use yeah. that resource as a fit. I'm not sure if it's, a, it's such a great solution, but it, it, as anything, it needs a lot of testing. But once again, I just have a feeling that they still don't really have an idea what exactly to do with them and where they fit in, and they are just... Oh gonna keep trying things and hoping that somehow if if they try enough that they'll magically find the solution
1: they don't don't really have, uh, you can't look at them and go oh yeah they're clearly gonna have that role because they've got extreme stealth but also they're among the slowest ships they're the most fragile ships Um, and some of the mechanics they tested gave them uh, Rather overpowered torpedoes in terms of you know being able to mm-hmm. bypass torpedo bulges and strike citadels with every hit and stuff like that. So um, yeah, there isn't. It, it's hard to see a natural fit for them in any given role, and it, it's I don't know. But they, they definitely feel like something that's being forced in as an afterthought.
2: Yeah, it's like if if you want them as flankers, like going on the flanks and the torpedo big ships, it's a bit. You're too slow, right? If if you want to go towards a flank, you'll need speed in a sense because otherwise you spend too much time positioning. If you want to just go directly at them, like into camps, then you're just going to run straight to the destroyers. If you're going to be too good against destroyers, it will kind of ruin the destroyer gameplay a bit. And if the destroyers are supposed to sink you, then you can't just go straight in there. So where do you position like your submarine in the end? But what's also an yeah. interesting thing is, I think, is The more submarines there are in a game, right, the less surface ships there are. So that means the less you're going to be shot at by big ships. So it might allow a bit more aggression, unless the submarines counter them. I I mean, it's like if you have if you have less ships in a game outright, then you technically can be often a bit more aggressive because you're if you're going to be shot by three ships only, you can be a lot more aggressive than if you're going to be shot by like seven ships.
1: I guess, but I feel like it's going to squeeze cruisers even more to be fair, because uh, they're already a bit squeezed, at least on the EU server. It's quite frequent to see, at least for me, games with only two or three cruisers. Um, and If you're in one of those cruisers, you have the nasty experience of all the battleships wanting to shoot you. Um, and on top of mm-hmm. that, you then have the destroyers having to juggle yet another anti anti-submarine role on top of all the other things that they have to do, and you can only be in so many places at once in a destroyer. So, uh, yeah, it's it's not only the submarine play themselves, but it's it's uh, the counterplay you have to consider, and that's another thing that they struggled to get some kind of balance with during the tests. So, you know, it yeah. Worst case scenario, they just kind of get bodged in and everyone starts shouting at the destroyer players. Oh, go hunt the submarines. No way. Go cap. No way. Go spot. And you're all the while being harassed by carriers as well. So
2: that's also yeah. a thing with, well, since you mentioned counterplay, obviously, if you have too many different classes that are too, uh, too. Strong again, or too too specialized. Mm. It's a problem because if you say like you need a destroyer to counter a submarine, and you need like okay, nothing counters carrier, but assume you there was something that counters carriers, and then you tell like I don't know, battleship counters cruisers. If you have too much of a, this is like paper stone scissors like kind of thing, but you have very few ships, then it's going to get problematic because you don't have one of each class on each flank anymore. So
0: maybe mm. you know. Oh, I can't tell if Twitch is just up or not, or if that's just my internet.
2: No, no, that's, that's just Twitch being derpy. But okay. it should, in 30 seconds or so, it should fix itself.
0: Fingers crossed. Ah, it, it, it always does that to me. I've, been, I've grown accustomed uh, <laughs> to... So yeah,
1: if, if, if submarines were restricted to a more carefully curated mode, such as the... Sam, but hey... <laughs> might have to put him out in a second. He's really starting to drive me up the wall now. Um Yeah, like the, the Halloween mode that we have with submarines, or some kind of special game mode, or even just, you know, if there were operations just for submarines or something like that. Um, that, that would be a bit more... No, I could see that working
0: better, but just throwing them into random battles, I am... Deeply skeptical still. Yeah, it's.
2: I feel like they probably have spent too much time and they want to get more out of it than just a special mode. But, you know, they could just have a, a, a convoy mode or, or with submarines, right? Or they could have tried to go more. I mean, they will never go more towards operations, I guess, but this would have been such an interesting thing convoy raiding with, with submarines. Mm. You, you could have, like, one team that has... Uh, like, I mean, I'm saying they're testing a convoy mode, right? Why not just have the convoy mode where one team has maybe destroyers or so that are trying to protect the convoy, and the other team has submarines that uh, have to sink the convoy or something?
1: That could, that could potentially work, yeah. Then you can actually you can balance things a lot more finely around that specific scenario rather than trying to have the balance against almost too many things trying to trying to put them in in random games and not dramatically change the nature of the game that people enjoy at the moment, for the most part. You know, mostly I'm sure. Hundred percent enjoyment is uh
2: is probably not something everybody experiences, but yeah. <laughs> I mean there is always the fun police. If you enjoy it too much, they can help you.
0: Right. Is that is that it, or we? I don't know if there's much else to.
2: I mean, we we just don't know too much yet about submarines. We yeah, have to wait until the next test.
1: And, and yeah, based on
0: all the the testing that's been done so far. So yeah, yeah. I mean, what? we can we can go over to like new
2: ships, especially since since we've as always just mentioned carriers recently. The the ESA is uh, yes. So I'm gonna, say, I'm
1: gonna say right now, I'm sure most people here watch jingles. Go go watch jingles tomorrow video. It may may or <laughs> it may or may not be a name that you recognise playing an ESA And having a very, very silly game in the EZE, or a very silly ending to a game in an Eze.
2: So what what's your experience with the ESA? I personally haven't tested it, I gotta admit. So what's uh so the ESA for those who don't know, it's uh um
0: hybrid? A carrier, yeah, hybrid yeah. carrier. Uh, I mean, the the real world story uh, that I know of, there
1: was Ize and, was it Hugo as well? I think they were both converted. Uh, it was after, I want to say after Midway. It was after some major engagement where they lost some carriers and they were like, uh-oh, we can't really, you know, build more because they take ages and are really expensive. And uh, so they took two of their more obsolete battleships
0: and basically slapped a sort of catapult deck on the back as a stopgap.
2: And so how, so how was your experience in war, war? So so basically you can either control your ship or you can launch
1: yeah, planes? Yeah, uh, I actually had someone asking me about that in-game. And it's essentially you control the squad once it's launched like any CV squad of planes. Um but the main difference is that there are no consumables on the plane, so you can't call in a fighter, there's no heels, anything like that. And there's also uh some noticeable differences compared to the uh the regular C V planes in terms of um their boost is shorter. I think the uh the boost is less strong, but you get a kind of takeoff boost which C V planes don't get. And the spread on them is pretty horrendous, I have to say. Uh, The only way you can hit all of your torpedoes, and it's quite a wide spread, it's like six torps. (laughs) What? uh um, uh, basically to have two ships, like, Mm -hmm. parked in a line next to each other stationary kind of thing so i think the best i've managed with any one drop is like four torpedoes and the torpedoes don't do a lot of damage so they're almost more a kind of psychological weapon because people see torpedo bombers coming and go "Uh uh-oh and start maneuvering to avoid them so they can be a good way to get people to make maneuvers that they don't want to make um, the other thing that they can do, and this is a, a pretty powerful boon to any team, especially if there's no other CVs in play, is they can, of course, spot destroyers. Uh, but you have the limitation if you can't just pop down mm-hmm. and fight it. So So uh, you're essentially, you know, you can send your planes just to spot destroyer and just circle around the destroyer, but eventually that AA or whatever AA is nearby is going to chip away uh, at, at those planes. and. Uh, Trying to actually drop on a destroyer with those torque bombers is, is really difficult. So, uh, as a spotter, they can be pretty powerful, but as a method of actually attacking destroyers directly, they're kind of not very good.
0: So what class it, does since, it count as? Mission? Uh, it's still
1: a battleship. It still shows up in the team as a battleship. Uh, but as a battleship, purely with the guns, uh, you, only have four turrets and the two mid turrets have kind of awkward angles on them especially one of them which is sort of blocked by uh uh uh, grabby Mm -hmm. crane there's probably a word for that recovery crane uh which is is modeled and uh so a lot of the time you've only got three turrets available the accuracy is nothing super special the reload is nothing super special uh so it's it's kind of a bit middling it it's a weird a weird ship and it's it's kind of middling just in terms of its firepower. if you just look at the the torque bombers alone um uh, they are particularly powerful they also have a really low flood chance so you know you can in theory get flooding and and get ticking flood damage but it's super unlikely to happen um uh, so uh, you know, you look at the two separate things and you think that's, that's kind of mediocre at best, but together it kind of works. It's interesting and it's a little bit different and it, it, as I said, can offer you quite a powerful advantage if there aren't other CVs in play doing spotting already.
2: And I uh, mean, you, but... you can like use it, for example, like early on positioning, right? You, you just say, I want to position on uh, this side on the map and oftentimes like in your play, Battleship the first two or three minutes, you're just sailing somewhere, not doing much other than maybe a long-range shot somewhere. Instead, you could like be using a plane while your ship travels, right?
1: Well, and you can... what they what they do actually is they specifically have a longer cooldown at the start of the game. You don't okay. immediately get access to the planes. We did kind of during the testing phase. In fact, during testing we had uh, not only variant with torpedo bombers, but we had uh, dive bombers and rocket planes as well. They they tested and Um, nobody particularly thought much of the other two variants, so they they went with the the torque bombers. And, um, after that, I think it's like a 45 second cooldown, so it's a fairly quick cooldown. And unlike carriers, you don't have a certain stock of planes, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, then you can run out and end up having to wait for your planes to very slowly regenerate. It's just you get them every Forty-five seconds after that initial two-minute cooldown, or whatever it is, so you can kind of spam them out after that. But um, it's usually more efficient damage-wise to use your guns, just because, uh, on top of everything else, they're not particularly fast planes. So if you're trying to fly across to somebody eighteen kilometers away, and, and only using your planes to to try and Get to them, you're better off just firing your guns at I mean if the guns are mm-hmm. not the best in the world but yeah it, it's a it's an interesting ship and it's one of the more interesting premiums they have released recently, and it's one I can see myself uh playing from time to time and actually enjoying a bit so i'll do a try and do a video myself on it at some point uh, i mean
2: it it offers you'll, interesting you'll situations, even if you can't use them directly at the start, you can, or sometimes when you, like, reposition, or if your ship gets low, you can hide behind an island and while you wait for a heal to come online, you can use your planes or something. It, Actually, I guess, yeah. It, it, Or if if you, like, really need spotting, it gives you a bit more options than just a regular battleship. Obviously, I'm a bit skeptical of everything, including planes, so we, we, we're gonna have to see how it turns out. I'm not sure how... I've never played it in testing myself, but... Uh, I'm not sure if I'll give it a try. I tend to avoid things that launch planes. <laughs> Fair enough. It is. I mean, I, I did quite often find the
1: planes in more useful for harassing rather than actually doing damage. And like I said, that they, they can be as mm-hmm. much a psychological weapon as an actual damage dealing weapon. You can force people to to make turns they don't want and get smacked by your allies. Uh, the one thing I don't like. What I particularly don't like about these A is when you're in control of the planes, your turrets, um, I think unless you specifically use the hotkeys to set them on a particular bearing, Mm -hmm. um, they will just return to the center line. And it's not like they're super fast. It's it's the standard Mm 45-second turret traverse, I believe. So that could be kind of
0: annoying. So you come back to your ship and suddenly your turrets are pointing completely where you don't want them to. Yeah, I can see that being annoying. But yeah, it's interesting. Of course, it's not going to be the only one. We're going to have Tone come out at some point as well, which Mm -hmm. is basically the same thing, but a cruiser. I feel like the concept might work. Well, I don't know. It depends on the cruiser. I feel like that is especially on a battleship, if you
2: are not... uh, I feel like a battleship is the one ship where I sometimes find myself in a situation where I took too much damage, but I like, got aggressive play. And then I'm like, uh, okay, I just hacked this island now, and I have to wait 40 seconds until a heal gets off, and I can't mm-hmm. do anything. So I just sit there and drink beer and wait for the heal to get ready. So I, there, there are situations where I could see myself, yeah, okay, if I had like, planes I could use right now, I had something to do, but as much as it's like the concept of planes. But I don't feel like I have... To, well, I guess if the cruiser doesn't have enough range, you might be in a situation where, like, especially if you're, like, in a demo in a minotaur, you'd be like, "The enemy is so far in the back, I can't do anything. Let's just have planes, I go.
1: Yeah, I think the, the turn A, um, it's going to be harsher matchmaking for that, for sure. You know, there's a lot of better AA around at that tier rather than tier 6. But, of course, in Eze, e- you can still hmm. see tier 8 games, so... That's definitely going to limit the effectiveness of the planes as well. Um, Should we start talking about Tiger? You can start off, and then I think I have to put a cat out while you start talking about Tiger Fifty Nine because you've actually played Tiger Fifty
2: Nine. I've played the Tiger Fifty Nine. I was uh, rather unimpressed, I gotta say. It's, uh, I mean, technically, if you put radar and smoke on a ship, it's a very powerful combination. And the problem is, they try to balance that powerful combination by just giving it not. Very good gun power, right? And you don't have the torpedoes. You don't have. You don't have much going for you other than like smoke and radar, and as powerful as smoke and radar together can be. uh I mean, nine-kilometer radar. You often have to position yourself in a position where you're vulnerable to enemy radar. So, there is that. And if you are not in a domination game, then the smoke radar isn't going to do that much. And oftentimes your DPM isn't that great to dealing with the choice, especially if you are just running around ankling. It's like, you're you're kind of a one trick pony and your trick can be pretty nice, but you know, it, it feels like, uh, I mean, you can division it up, but it's not, but then again, if you, if you just like take an Edinburgh and division Edinburgh with a Cleveland or so, you're going to be probably a lot better off. It's, it's weird to me. I mean, I have seen some people get decent results with it so far. All of my games have been rather mediocre because I, unless you can farm destroyers, there really isn't much you can do. Pionia, yeah, it,
0: as, a, as, a, as a damage dealer, if you just consider it that way, it, it is a deeply mediocre ship, just
1: with only AP and limited firing range.
2: Yeah, it, it does, and, and it has two pretty, turrets yeah. only like one from one back. Yeah. and it's basically it, minotaur it, turret. So if you lose a turret, for example, then like fifty percent of your firepower is gone.
1: Yeah,
2: and yeah, the, only, it,
1: the only good thing about the turrets is they both fully rotate three hundred and sixty degrees, which
0: is quite nice.
2: Yeah, I mean, and they're pretty fast, but uh, I don't know. It feels like you just don't really bring that much. They they. Tried so hard to balance a smoke no greater combination that they just gutted everything else. I you have, uh, I think you have like defensive fire that really doesn't do much because the anti-air isn't so great. You don't have yeah, hydro. It's... You don't have yeah.
0: torpedoes.
1: I, the fact that you, I, I would really like to be able to at least have the option of hydro in that defensive fire, defensive AA
2: slot. Yeah, and I don't think it would be a power. I also feel like they should have given me at least some torpedoes. It's, uh, with, Obviously, like, a lot of cruisers that don't have torpedoes are very vulnerable to getting pushed or rushed because they don't mm-hmm. have something self-defense against battleship or something. But you're sitting in the smoke with your, uh, you, it, like, you don't have DPM either. And you don't have, like, guns that can really punish a broadsand. You don't have anything, right? Unless you have somebody protecting you, everybody can just rush you and farm you, it feels like. And it's, you are very vulnerable, and if you go nose into someone, not that, have that, 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 yeah, armor, it's absolutely, you have one turret, it's dreamer. like, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I think my experience a lot echoes that, and it it's unusual in that I don't think we've had a ship
1: that's just such purely a support ship before. And I've really only played it solo so far. And as a solo experience, it's really not that good. Unless you can manage to kind of form a, a, a team with some random player that you happen to be in. Which I've, which I've managed once or twice. There was one game where me and a Neptune kind of ended up buddying up sharing smoke. And I was able to use radar to at least allow them to use their guns at destroyers that were trying to get too close to the smoke because my guns weren't going to do that much. But it really does feel like uh, the first ship, the first kind of premium we've had, where it's 100% aimed at, at being a division ship. Because yeah. it does bring a lot of the useful stuff to the table with both the smoke and the radar.
2: Yeah, like if you had another cruiser that has need of the suits maybe and that shares a smoke screen, with, you can get, like, mm-hmm. I mean... You could get, I don't know, maybe a mine or something with you there in there. But the thing is, oftentimes you, you might be better off if you like had like a Edinburgh and a Cleveland, because the Edinburgh brings also smoke and a lot more than the Tiger. And then you have cool. the Raider from the Cleveland or like a Baltimore or something, it feels like. It's, I, I've divisioned, uh, the Tiger and I've divisioned. Like especially for Cleveland and destroyers and so on. But it always felt like I was providing support. I was providing the smokescreen, I was providing the raiders, but I wasn't doing much else. And yeah, that, with the that's, Cleveland that's, also having radar, it felt like a little bit redundant.
1: That's my biggest problem with it, is all the stuff that you do that might support your team, and this is experience I've, I've directly had, is maybe you've helped a destroyer, a friendly destroyer, take out a cap, or you've buddied up with another cruiser and, and you know, showing smoke and doing all this stuff. But there's no reward for that in-game. Reward is, is largely tied to, um you know, capping and doing damage and maybe a little bit from other sources as well. And, you know, doing damage is where it really falls down. So, yeah, you're sneaky. Yeah, you've got a really good set of consumables. But... Uh, if you're actually playing this and wanting some good reward out of playing it, it's it's not going to happen most of the time. But that's going to be a rarity because the things that you do that are useful to your team mm-hmm. that help your team win aren't necessarily things that actually get rewarded on the scoreboard.
2: Oh yeah, it's it's definitely that's a problem that War Warships isn't really rewarding a lot of support functions. But I also feel like it's. The support function itself is a bit situated. I mean, the smoke is most of the time useful, but if you want a position close enough to use a radar with the nine kilometers, you're often vulnerable to enemy radars, so you gotta be mm-hmm. careful with that. And with limited range, if the enemy is too far in the back, It it, I feel like the support functions it provides are also, or, like, or if you find a standard battle, right? Your, your radar smoke combination is so much less useful if you don't have a cap to fight alone. Suddenly you're like, Hey, yeah, uh, my whole reason to exist is uh, not in this game. Uh, well, that sucks.
0: Uh, yeah, that one, that one. That, it's
1: it's interesting, but it's it's definitely not for me. I don't see it being a super popular ship. But for some people, it might be very attractive with just how strong it can be in a division, how how much it can bring to the table at tier eight, especially in a, a cruiser division or divisioning up with destroyers to maybe get more spokes that way you know if you had a, a an american mm-hmm. destroyer uh tiger 59 and i don't know like a cleveland or a chip or a, a, a edinburgh something to you know or uh, off would be a good one that's got its own spokes and very good range he so yeah
2: yeah, I but mean, it's not—it's not a complete bust, the ship probably, but it's—it's it's on the weaker side, I feel like, and it's a bit—it's it, a kind of a pure support ship that's on the weaker side and has a bit of a niche role. So I don't know. I feel like yeah. they could have easily, if they had given it another turret in the front, I don't think it would have broken anything.
0: No, although I don't—that well, would then be. Completely ahist-
1: ahistorical, probably at that point. But you know, I'm I'm sure we had things that are just as bad in that regard. So yeah, it's it's an interesting pair of of the uh, you know the, the most recent premiums we've had. I definitely prefer the Eze over the Tiger Fifty Nine quite easily.
2: Well, I mean, it's it, in in a way, it's nice to see that they don't just throw out something completely broken and overpowered without. So on that side, it's nice, and it's a bit different, I guess, because as much as I dislike the Tiger, I think if you design a pure support ship, it is something different. Although in a game that doesn't reward support, it's also a bit weird. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it doesn't quite... Yeah, it's one of those, those cases where wargaming does a thing, and you think, oh, that's nice, but it doesn't really mesh with... The rest of the game and, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of mechanics in
0: play. Just kind of what we were talking about with submarines, really. So. Yeah. Some original Belfast seems bad.
2: Honestly, yeah, I, I feel like in it, Belfast, the, the original Belfast at tier 8 would be a stronger ship than the Tiger. Probably it would. It feels
0: be,
1: your release is very sneaky. It's sneaky enough that I didn't even put the consumer module on. I put the one that gives you extra runtime on your consumables and it's still only just 10 kilometers. So you can get it to under 10 kilometers with consumer module.
2: You, you get it, I think, to 9.2, which is, I mean, okay. I, I would definitely run, it because with 9 kilometer radar 9.2 stealth, you can yeah, catch a lot of destroyers off guard because yeah. if they sail into you, right, they, they don't have time to turn around.
1: Yeah, it's the trade-off of, of... I might try it with that as well. Um, the extra little runtime of the smoke is nice. The extra run on the radar, especially coupled with the coal module, is, is you can get it up to almost 40, 40 seconds. And you also, of course, then get a bit bit of extra value out of your heel as well. It does get a heal. We didn't mention that, That the heel is oh, yeah. quite nice. It kind of needs the heel because it's so squashy. <laughs> Which is, the, the, the Belfast 43, I believe, doesn't have a heal at tier 8, so it at least beats the Belfast 43 in that regard. But isn't the Belfast 43 just a little bit weaker Belfast, at tier higher? Yeah, kind of, basically. I think the main, the main bonus it has over the tier 7 Belfast is it has torpedoes.
2: Oh yeah, there was something like that, but, but less DPM or something like that. It's a yeah. bit of a... It just shows you that even after all these years, how really strong or like really overpoweredly broken original Belfast was. It's interesting that they've never like touched that with a nerve, especially now since they've. Then again, I don't know. Maybe there aren't enough around anymore because it's been removed for so long.
0: Oh well, maybe yeah. I, I think sometimes they
1: they like to have one or two things that have at least the reputation of, of being strong so that they've got them as prizes to dangle, you know. Here, to get a chance of getting this super rare thing if you buy these containers or, you know, give away codes for s- special streams and stuff.
0: Or maybe in for an auction, right? See how
2: much to maybe
0: to it or something. Maybe. Yeah. Well, the auction—the auction was the thing we could talk about. Actually, I didn't even think to put it up on the list. But we actually now—I uh,
1: was—I was expecting it to be a kind of rolling thing. Um, I don't yeah. know about you, but yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be a single. What was it like three-day event with just the three things you could bid on?
0: Yeah, it, Two was fun- it, it was them
1: for the blooms.
2: It—it was a free. Worth it. Yeah, yeah, it was a three day event for free things, and then it didn't immediately follow up the next auction, and it just like, you know, there was like so. And it's just... yeah. Has the new auction started now? I mean, we had a. Uh...
1: No, no, I can't actually get into World of Warships at the moment. It's just giving me a black screen, which is really weird, so. I'll try again. But, um, yeah, uh, we were speculating about that in the first episode a bit, yeah. and I was talking about my experience with what World of Tanks has done. And in some ways, they followed the same mechanics, but I don't think World of Tanks has ever had an auction for anything other than credits. I don't know if they've ever done a a gold auction. But, you know, two of the three things were for doubloons, and one of them was a Thunderer flag, of which the minimum bid was 1,500 doubloons. Just a flag, didn't do anything special, didn't have any XP modifiers or anything like that. And the other thing was just a 14 point captain that was a unique portrait, and that was it. And also, there was 20 camos as well. So, and that was 9,000 doubloons as a minimum bid. So it's not even just, you know, 9,000 doubloons. No, that's the starting price. You had oh, to absolutely. Yeah. I don't even know what the winning bids would have been because Wargaming hasn't let any information out. But for the coal, I mean, people were bidding tens and tens of millions uh there's one of the other ccs in the discord said that they'd bid like 99 million credits or something like that and they'd had a successful bid i put in 60 million well, credits and it was unsuccessful so you know people must have been playing in the 80 90 100 million credit range
0: yeah they have done i mean options in, in world of tanks okay that's good to know z files I mean, the, the
2: code is something that I at least understand, right? Give, giving people a chance to earn encode. And I feel like I don't like the thing that it's... Uh, that I don't like the idea that you can't see other people's bits because it's, it feels like it's kind of designed to rip you off. But at least yeah, you... What? You go in there and you bid just how much you think it's worth it to you. Say, how much Mm -hmm. would I pay for 100k coal? And then you enter your bid and either you get it or not. It's a bit meaner with, like, unique objects, I think, because, I mean, coal, you can decide how much coal is worth it for you and you can't get a coal otherwise. If if they put, like, I mean, okay, their flag isn't really... It's SADA unique, but it's not really doing much. If it's a unique ship, it's a little bit... Like, Mm -hmm. imagine they they like... Sell a Belfast for doubloons, right? Yep, are people who go absolutely crazy with it. it's just going to be uh, like milking people for money. It feels like
0: mm-hmm. that's
2: it's a hundred percent. The fact that it, yeah, the, the, there was the
1: exact same blind auction mechanic in World of Tanks, and it is basically using that so called, um, homo idea, fear of missing out, yeah, Um. to basically to get people to bid more than otherwise they they might have just wanted to pay straight up from, you know, premium shop or the website or whatever. Uh so yeah, it's absolutely a way of um training, you know, credits and resources. But I I was just seriously not expecting two thirds of them to be doubloons and <laughs> both of those doubloon things to be so totally not worth it. Like, if it had been a special captain, if it had some special skills, like one of the legendary captains, then okay, maybe I could see that. But that's, like, 9,000 doubloons is, like, what, 30-odd euros more? I don't even know offhand. I'd have to check the website. It's not cheap.
0: Yeah, like... If I asked like... that for
1: just a regular 14-point captain, you could probably spend the doubloons convert-free XP uh and, you know... Actually get more value out of it that way, but
2: yeah, and i mean it's sure. not it's not just that it's a forty pound captain it's it was a British captain right, so it was it, it and I feel like they should have advertised this better. I'm not sure if anyone actually bought a captain and then couldn't use it, but uh, like if this captain is just for one nation, it needs to be like the biggest thing somewhere like this is like a british captain right
0: yeah that if they if they made it. So that you could like, maybe even say,
1: "Here's a fourteen-point captain. You're going to choose what get to choose what nation it's from." That might have added a little more value, but just for like a nation that
0: you might not necessarily even be playing ships in. It's just I don't know. It really, it it really felt. It left me with a bit of a a bad taste in my mouth.
2: Well, it it left me it a slightly, slightly confused. I mean, I, I, the coal I feel like was an okay move. The, yeah, the, the coal other... was
1: the one. The coal was what I was expecting. I was expecting more things like that, like bundles of flags or bundles of camos, and for it to be th- for things like free XP and and steel and and whatever else. But um, no, they decided two thirds of them were going to just be straight up, you know, doubloons. I hope people would dip into their pockets for something that was definitely not worth dipping into their pockets for.
2: There's a question from Valkyrie. Isn't it confirmation that a playbase is stupid and doesn't know how to value things correctly? I'm not sure, Valkyrie. The the thing is, uh, a lot of it depends on if people actually know what they're buying uh, buying or how they market it. Didn't they say, like, wasn't that the captain from, like, Operation Dunkirk? There was, there was some flavor text there, I think, like, from what this captain is from. That doesn't make it special, but they made it sound special. Despite mm-hmm. it not being like a special cap or something. Or, or like, the, the I mean, okay, uh, you'll be willing to pay for a flag. You're willing to pay for a flag that does nothing. But, I mean, it's always a little bit, you can always blame people for spending money for something like that. But companies have ways to slightly manipulate you into buying something. Especially if, if like, as, as Jenna said right, earlier, fear of missing out, right? If this is something unique and this is like your free days, the only three days you can bid on it, then there's no other way to get it, right? You must suddenly, maybe you're pressured into buying something that otherwise you wouldn't care for. Well, it'll
0: be $31 or checking up now. Uh, it would be. That's not what I want. Uh, oh, I that's why. Or just
1: under thirty euros, and that's the minimum bid. You would have had to bid mm-hmm. more than that to actually be successful. It's absolutely not worth it. So yeah, it was. It, it uh, this is this is one of the kind of ongoing thing that's been around for the last couple of years. It's one of the reasons also why I. I'm not really a fan of wargaming leaning so heavily into the idea of loot boxes because they are inherently an exploitative mechanic. They are really targeted at people who, uh, have problems with these sort mm-hmm. of things, you know, addictive personalities. And, uh, it, the fact that it, it's, it's almost a bit scary to consider the whole whale phenomenon in, in that it's, it's, often just sometimes it's small a tiny percentage single digit digit percentage of people that are spending huge amounts of money mm. and these aren't necessarily people that can afford to spend
0: mm.
1: those amounts of money so yeah there are certainly way way worse more egregious more greedy gouging examples out there than the kind of monetization that wargaming has but uh, yeah, there's definitely aspects of gaming's monetization and, uh, that, that, uh. It's quite think, a number. Yeah, that I think are a bit too much, a bit too exploitative. So, yeah, this is, there's one of the big reasons why I was so disappointed that two thirds of the things
0: were for doubloons and they weren't even for anything special. But that, that did just feel kind of exploitative.
2: What do you think will happen first? Will they sell something that you can buy a bid on for steel, or will they sell you steel?
0: Well, they kind of technically, sort of,
1: arguably, already have because there was that campaign that you could buy that, that, oh, that yeah. dished out a bunch of steel. So, sort of, they already have.
2: And I mean, you can you can buy out the uh, the dockyard and then get steel for the yeah
0: well, you can buy steel. So. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. A a lot is also going to depend on the the next few
1: years if more countries adopt laws like they have in Belgium and South Korea. Because that's one of the things you sometimes see on the CC Discord is uh, there are a couple of CCs that are in those respective countries. And they sometimes ask questions about these things
0: because
1: they they don't have any way of seeing them themselves because they're just straight up banned in in their country. And uh, I kind of feel like it. it it is it is going to take more countries. Like if the, if, the, if the whole EU suddenly took Belgium's dance on loot boxes, a lot of companies like Wargaming would suddenly have to be like, mm, we're actually going to have to rethink how we do things now. And, you know, like start publishing the odds on drop rates and stuff like that, which I think they actually have to do in, is it Legends or is it like the mobile version? I can't remember. That was...
2: I mean, with, with the new, like, pre-order, uh, but I'm not sure if it's right, but, but with the new uh, early access bundle system that they have for, like, ships, they kind of give you the odds, right? When you have, like, 70 bundles, and, you know, in one of them is the ship.
1: Yeah. Maybe they
2: kind have, of. They, maybe they are using that to, to circumvent certain laws. I don't know.
1: But... It's more like when you're buying the Christmas containers that might contain chips. Oh yeah, like you you knew the exact odds of, say, a Missouri being in the crate versus because that was that was uh, was it last Christmas or the Christmas before all the Makarovs?
2: Oh, that that was like yeah, the the, the last Christmas.
1: So, yeah, I I think honestly, from from a player's perspective, from a consumer's perspective, more laws like that would be a good thing and would sometimes you need the legislation to keep the game companies and just keep companies generally honest because you know if you leave them to our own devices they'll just figure out more and more insidious ways of of you know operating and making money from people
2: yeah I mean unchecked capitalism is not uh, that, that's why yeah. you need like lost nations to keep the companies in check. and now we will end the podcast by playing the Soviet National Anthem
1: <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah, that, that that I think that would I, I kind of almost want to see that happen just in the EU. Obviously that wouldn't now affect the UK directly, but if the entire EU, which is a really lucrative market for a lot of these mm-hmm. game companies, were to suddenly go, Well, these are gambling. You're gonna have to change how you do things, I it it would almost just I just want to see that happen just to see how game
0: companies would react and how they would um like, if they would actually put some effort into uh,
1: coming up with fairer ways to do monetization, or if they would just try and be sneaky and find loopholes and, you know... I'm
2: sure they would, in, in within a year or so, they would have found... Yeah. They would probably find a new way of doing it. So, yeah, I mean, it it should, be we nice shall be. see. Yeah.
0: So I think, I think that's about us. I think we must have been
1: going for at least an hour, if not longer. Yeah, we're one,
2: one hour 20 or so. Okay. I,
0: I think we we can probably wrap things up there then. That's a good a good place to leave things. Uh, is there anything else you want to squeeze in at the last second? No, I think that's, uh, that's about it. Okay. So uh, thanks, everyone, for coming to the podcast. And we shall be back next week. And time to be announced. But, yeah. Bye! Bye!